Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Indians 13, the Cincinnati Reds nothing. Cleveland wins the final game of the series and wins the Ohio Cup for your Cleveland Indians. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field and Oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And the Indians' offense finally woke up. They actually scored 13 runs on only 11 hits, which when we dig into the box score, you'll see how impressive that is. Cincinnati, again, they get shut out by Indians pitching on only three hits. There is not a lot to discuss about Cincinnati's night. They only had one real threat in this entire game. So not only did the Indians score 13 runs on 11 hits, but they also walked nine times. Now they also struck out 13 times. So when they weren't hitting and they weren't walking, they were striking out, but 11 that's on base 20 times for your Cleveland Indians last night. And they get the scoring going early in the first inning. It is Jose Ramirez with a solo home run. On a big fly to right center. And this was really encouraging to see. Because to me, it seemed like he was dipping his back shoulder a little bit in the previous games against Cincinnati. Like he was trying to uppercut the ball. Uh, His swing looked like a little bit of a jackknife. And he really drove this ball. I mean, this was a solid line drive out to right center. And... It's good to see him keep his upper body upright and really lean into a ball. So a huge home run from Jose Ramirez, and it felt good. It felt good to score early, get on the board in the first inning. We have some quiet innings, and then we get to the fifth. So in the fifth inning, and as great as the seventh inning was, I'm almost more excited this morning about the fifth inning because It felt like our first real rally where we strung some things together and in a long time. And it all came with two outs. Bo Taylor had grounded out to start the inning. Delano DeShields had struck out. And then Cesar Hernandez works a walk, getting on base like Cesar Hernandez does. And then Jose Ramirez comes up, takes a pitch that was down and away, and again, doesn't do that uppercut swing stays back and just gets the hands out there, gets the head of the bat out there, and lines it down the right field line. Cesar Hernandez flies around the bases. I got to say, watching that, I was really impressed with Cesar Hernandez's speed. It uh, The ball had kind of hit off the side railing and shot out sideways. So Cesar Hernandez scores from first. Jose Ramirez is in safe without even a throw for the triple. A big hit when we needed it with two outs, a two-out RBI. Then Francisco Lindor comes up, and he singles sharply to right field. A great swing from Lindor, not trying to do too much, just took a low pitch and smacked it into right field. We strung together two hits, and we created two runs. I was really impressed. I'm not knowing what was coming in the seventh. I was really impressed right there in the fifth. Santana walked, and then Fermil Reyes, unfortunately, on a check swing, ends the threat. He grounds out to Joey Votto at first base. But a good inning, good fifth inning for the Indians. In the top of the sixth, the Reds have their only threat. And Akiyama strikes out. Cassianos grounds out. 
So they're doing this with two outs as well. Joey Votto walks on a wild pitch. He moves up to second. Eugenio Suarez walks on another wild pitch. Joey Votto moves up to third. So now they've got runners on the corner. Jesse Winker up. And Jesse Winker took some change-ups, some sliders. They were definitely off-speed pitches that mm, I think we can all admit were, admit were a little bit below the knees, right? They were a little bit low. The umpire was calling low pitches strikes. Winker's got to know that instead of protecting, he almost doesn't swing in protest. He, he was angry at the umpire after strike two. He was furious after strike three. Reds manager David Bell has to come out and argue and get ejected from the game. So, yeah, that was the Reds' only real threat. They had runners at the corner, and Winker got called out on strikes. So that is that is how Carlos Carrasco shuts down the Cincinnati Reds. It was actually his last inning. All right, let's get to it. The thing you've been waiting for, that seventh inning. Here we go. Delino DeShields kicks things off with a line drive. Great to see Delino DeShields in the lineup. I texting with my brother as soon as they made the announcement that he was being activated. I said, you know he's going into this game. You know he's starting in center field. Sure enough, when the lineups come out, there he is, batting ninth in center field. I don't know if this was something we're going to see every day, but you knew his first game back. They're going to put him into the lineup and see if he sparks something. And he sparked the seventh inning, so give him credit there where credit's due. Cesar Hernandez singles on a line drive to right field, so now we got runners at the corners. Jose Ramirez uh, was out on a fielder's choice because Vado comes home. And he gets uh, Delino to Shields out at home. Cesar Hernandez moves up to third, and Jose Ramirez moves up to second. So, a a little bit of a hiccup in the inning. Then they intentionally walk Francisco Lindor. And that was a mistake. Because Jose De Leon, the pitcher for Cincinnati, looked great in uh, in the bottom of the sixth inning. He strikes out Domingo Santana, he strikes out Oscar Mercado, and he gets Bo Taylor to ground out. I think they said he only threw nine pitches in that sixth inning. So he was looking great. And then in the seventh inning, oh, it it all fell apart. I'm, I'm sitting here, and you'll see in a second why. I'm sitting here going, how are they leaving him in this game? So they intentionally walk Francisco Lindor to load the bases. Carlos Santana's up, works the full count like Santana does. He takes the walk, brings in the run. We're now up 4 nothing. They have a mound visit. They have a chance to take him out. They leave him in. Vermeil Reyes singles on a line drive to right field. This ball was up and in and tight. And again, instead of uppercutting at it, instead of trying to lift the ball, Jose Ramirez... Fermil Reyes got his hands high. He got his hands up there. He got the bat level, and he's a huge dude. He can do this. He can take advantage of high pitches with his height. He got his hands up there and just smacked it out into right field. Wasn't pretty, but it didn't have to be. And so that brings in Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. Great to see the speed from Lindor, the aggressiveness and the hustle, the score. Carlos Santana moves up to second. Domingo Santana follows this up. Now, this is what I wanted to see Famille Reyes do, because after that mound visit, you almost knew, after walking, intentionally walking and then walking the next batter, you knew Leon was going to just try to throw a get-me-over fastball. You knew he was going to try to just get it over the plate and establish strike one. So I would have liked to say see Famille Reyes take a big rip at it, but instead he took it and, hey, 
good things happen. So I can't blame him there. Domingo Santana, however, did swing at that first pitch and hits a single through the gap. Man, we were really hitting the right field this inning. And he moves everybody up. Unfortunately, Carlos Santana was not, you know, he's not a fast runner. Even though we talked about his hustle the other night, tagging up from third. That was a, that was a, was a few weeks ago. Um, he wasn't able to score this time. And so we got bases loaded. Oscar Mercado strikes out swinging. We'll get to Oscar Mercado. It was not a pretty night for him. And then they still have Leon in the game. And Bo Taylor walks, bringing in the run, bringing in Santana. Delano DeShield walks, brings in Fermil Reyes to score. And this is where we're going to get this guy out of the game as baseball fans. How could you leave this guy in here? So they finally bring in Cody Reed. He replaces him. Cesar Hernandez ropes a ball into the right field corner. A double clears the bases. Delino DeShield scores from first. And you could just feel it. As soon as he made contact, you were like, Bases clearing double. Absolutely. Something in the air, you could just feel it when it's going right. So Cesar Hernandez with a huge hit, and then Jose Ramirez comes up. Why not? Adds to the magic. From the opposite side of the plate as his first home run, hits a high, high fly ball to left field. Uh, The guys in Major League would definitely argue that that was too high, but it goes out for a home run. And I will say he did have a little bit of an uppercut to this swing, but he was feeling it. And so if Jose Ramirez is feeling it, I ain't going to tell him to stop. So he homers to left field, and that pretty much ends the rally. That gets us to 13 runs. Yu Chang did come in and walk, and Carlos Santana flew out to deep center. Carlos Santana got a hold of one, but flew out to deep center to end that threat. And that was it. That was the story of the game. 13 runs, 10 Runs on the inning in the seventh inning. Jose Ramirez with two homers and a triple. So huge, huge day. And let's call it right now. Jose Ramirez is definitely MVP for a day. And you know what? That's not even me. That's uh, that's Major League Baseball who gave Jose Ramirez, I guess, the, the MVP for the Ohio Cup Series. I, I guess that's a thing. I didn't even know that was a thing. So they gave him, I, I think it's like a... Frank Robinson Award. I Who knew that was a thing? So uh, Cleveland keeps the Ohio Cup. Jose Ramirez, I, I'm sure he's honored to be both MVP for a day and to win that Frank Robinson plaque. And uh, fun stat here. He joins Joe Carter from 1988, Rico Cardi from 77. And I know my Indians pretty history pretty well, but I do not know Rico Cardi. And Larry Doby. Definitely know him from 55 as the last four Indians hitters to have two homers and a triple in the same game. So that is some pretty good company that Jose Ramirez is keeping right there. So MVP for a day goes to Jose Ramirez. So it's four runs scored, by the way, and four RBIs on those three hits. He got his average back up to 308. His OPS is back over 1,000. So Jose Ramirez is definitely leading this offense. Cesar Hernandez also has a huge day. He's on base three times, two hits and a walk. He scores three runs. He has three RBIs. His average is at 319 with an 812 OPS. So those two guys really, I mean, nobody else's, you don't want to hear anybody else's batting average in this lineup right now. So even after last night. But let's give credit where credit is due. Carlos Santana, my God, four walks, no hits, a run scored in an RBI, but 
four walks on the night. Carlos Santana will get on base whatever he has to do. Fermil Reyes adds two hits. That's big to see. Two RBIs for Fermil. Domingo Santana, Mercado. Domingo Santana and Mercado both struggled. Again, uh, Domingo struck out three times. Did have a hit. That hit in the run run scored. And Mercado, he did get a single, I believe, in the eighth inning. His last at-bat. But he struck out four times before that. So... Still a lot of strikeouts. We struck out 13 times on the game. And to be honest, seven of those strikeouts came from Domingo Santana and Mercado. Actually, uh, our, our big part of our lineup, Jose Ramirez, Lindor, and Santana, our two, three, four hitters, did not strike out on the night. So it's good to see that the heat, the meat of our order is was locked in on the night and no strikeouts from those guys. And Delano DeShields in his first game has a hit, RBI, run, walk, and strikeout. Not terrible, but he was on base twice. So that's really good to see. All right, let's take a look at the pitching. For the Indians, Carlos Carrasco gets the win. He's 2-1 and one on the season. Six innings pitch, one hit, one hit, no earned runs, four walks, and eight strikeouts. So big game from Carlos Carrasco. Cam Hill comes in. He pitches a clean inning with two strikeouts. Madden and Plutko both follow up with clean innings. They both give up one hit each. And everybody's going to be talking about the Indians hitting. But let's take a look at Carlos Carrasco because he has pitched pretty well on this season. I know he took the loss in Minnesota. He's gone six innings in each of his starts so far, which is kind of funny. He uh, five hits, six hits, and then one hit last night. Two earned runs, three earned runs, and then no earned runs in this one. So all quality starts here. That's right. In Minnesota, it was the three runs on the three solo home runs. He's uh, He actually walked more guys tonight than he had before. It was one walk, one walk, now four walks. Ten strikeouts, five strikeouts, now eight strikeouts. So uh, Carlos Carrasco is locked in, and that is great to see. So collectively, for the season, they're hitting 188 off him. His whip is one, which is pretty darn good. And looking at some of the uh, some of the advanced numbers, obviously run scored in nine innings is the lowest. It's almost the lowest since his rookie season. So basically, the lowest in his career. His uh, the on base percentage for batters is pretty much the lowest in his career, except for 2014. Wow, he pitched good in 2014. And his K's per nine innings is the highest in his career. It's at 11.5. Top In the last three years, he's been at 10.17, 10.83, 10.8, and now 11.5. So his K's per nine are looking really good. And his hits per nine are down to six, which is, like I said, 2014 was close. He was 6.92, but definitely the best in his career. Hits per nine is down at six. Now it's early. We know it's early, but it's great to see some of those advanced. I mean, these are career numbers, a career year it's looking like so far for Carlos Carrasco. So with everything he went through last year, to see him bounce back and continue to pitch great, I know Indians fans are 100% behind Carlos Carrasco. And it's amazing. One day, uh, you know, one of these guys like Zach Meisel or TJ Zuppi is going to have to write a book on Carlos Carrasco because... If you remember, he came over in the Cliff Lee trade, and 
it felt like not many players worked out from those trades. Uh, we got Michael Brantley from the CC Sabathia trade, and we got Carrasco from the Cliff Lee trade. And it, it was felt like a rocky start. Like it felt like it took him a long time to stick with the major league team. I mean, he's been here for a long time. He's been pitching since 2009 for the Indians. And he only started five games in 2009. He only started seven games in 2010. I guess in 2011, you could say he officially like took over as a starter on this team. He started 21 games. Then he, uh, yeah, in 2014, he actually had a ton of relief appearances. He, he only started 14 games, but pitched in 40. I don't remember him coming out of the bullpen like that, but apparently he did. He still pitched 134 innings. And then he's back to a full-time starter in 2015. I know he dealt with injuries early in his career, and it just seemed like he had trouble sticking. We weren't sure if he was going to stick. And what a career it's turned into. And then to go and battle leukemia, too, on top of everything else. I know someone wrote a story about him a while ago about him getting his citizenship and how his mom was his pitching coach back home, and he he remembers what his mom tells him when he's on the mound. Uh, Something about finishing with his... uh, with his foot to make sure he finishes his momentum and finishes his pitch. So, yeah, I definitely feel like there's an inspirational story there behind Carlos Carrasco and his journey through the major leagues. So what a night for the Cleveland Indians, 13 to nothing. Let's just keep saying it. Let's keep shouting it out because, man, is it fun to say. And it was fun to watch. Thank you, Cleveland Indians, for giving us a fun game. And they moved themselves into second place in the AL Central in the AL Central. So that's big. They're eight and six on the season, still trailing the twins by two and a half games, but we might be saying that a lot this season. They did make their run differential look a lot better. When you go 13-0 on a team, your run differential is bound to look better. So they are at plus 17 now on the run differential. And to be honest, that makes that second best in the American League. You wouldn't believe it, right? This Cleveland Indians offense, they actually have the second best run differential uh, in the AL, which shows you how good their pitching has been, right? Because we already talked about how their offense was worse than the league pretty much yesterday. So it shows you how good their pitching has been. All right, coming up next... We're going to Chicago for a three-game set. Sandy Alomar is going to continue to manage in Chicago. Terry Francona is not traveling with the team. We will see what happens when they come back to Cleveland for a two-game set against the Cubs if Francona back at home might manage the team. But for now, we're sticking with Sandy Alomar. And I think as Indians fans, we all feel comfortable with that. We all miss Francona, but we all feel really comfortable with Sandy Alomar. We got Aaron Savale going against Dylan Cease. And if you remember, we did a lot of damage to Dylan Cease the last time we faced him. Hopefully we can do that again. Then we got Plesak going on Saturday. And we got Bieber going on Sunday. So get ready. Sunday is must-watch TV as Bieber goes against Giolito. They have not announced the starter for Saturday. But we know that Bieber is going against Giolito on Sunday. And that is going to be a fun matchup. You know Giolito, I believe it's that changeup right is his wicked pitch. So we'll see what the Indians can do. If they can stay patient and keep this thing going in the Windy City. 
Thanks for joining me. That's all my thoughts on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final last night from Cleveland, it's the Indians 13, the Cincinnati Reds nothing. The Indians win the Ohio Cup. I will not be back tomorrow to cover that White Sox game. Unfortunately, I have to drive like 18 hours tomorrow, so it's pretty much impossible for me to record a podcast. If there's things to note, I will definitely cover them on Sunday. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show and we'll play them back on air. Respond to your thoughts and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. Also, I really need some help supporting the show and getting it going. We're a young show. We're a fan show. We don't have a big thing behind us like SI or The Athletic or ESPN or Cleveland.com. I'm just a fan who loves talking baseball. So if you can get on iTunes, get on Apple Podcasts, give the show a five star, give the show a review. We're on Stitcher. We're on spotify if you can go and review the show and give it five stars give it a high rating i really appreciate it spread the word that there's a place where fans can talk baseball so thanks again for joining me on this cleveland baseball morning 